Hi there. We are really excited to tell you that this week's episode is brought to you by our friends at Kitchen Stuff Plus. You'll see this is going to tie in really well with this week's guest. Yeah. So thanks so much to Kitchen Stuff Plus. Back to school made easy. Here we go. The Women of Ill Repute with your hosts, Wendy Mesley and Maureen Holloway. So Maureen, do you remember when when you were the next big thing? When I was the next big thing. Am I not? I know what you mean. I remember when everything was coming together. Uh, it happened at certain points in my career, but I remember the first time realizing, wow, I might actually be on the precipice of being famous. And yeah, it uh, it's happened several times. It's very exciting. It's very stressful. But you, you, you were a big <sighs> thing. And I was thinking... <laughs> <laughs> very, very large. Yeah. Oh my God, Wendy Vesley, you're a legend. Do you remember mm-hmm. when you... Well, yeah, okay. I don't, I don't you know. You, you were you were a pretty big thing for me. I, I remember being young. I remember being interviewed a lot, having my picture taken a lot, uh, being gossiped about a lot, which was mostly bad. But you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I remember CBC getting me to do some really stupid reality shows that were not me, and I was like, "I'm a very serious journalist. This is really getting in the way." Which I look back now, and it's it's in retrospect, it's so ridiculous. I should have just enjoyed enjoyed being young enjoyed and, it and being in yeah. demand, you know we still are of, of course hugely uh but here's <laughs> here's a story so a few months ago we put mary berg on our list of people we wanted to have on the podcast now in case you don't know mary is a cook she's actually a chef she's the winner of the third season of a master chef in fact which is kind of a big deal and she's also she's hosted two television cooking shows Mary's Kitchen Crush Mary makes it easy Mary's in a lot of names but she's not a trained chef This is interesting she has a masters in IT in information technology and she worked as an insurance broker before quitting that to compete on MasterChef But do you remember what I said when we we decided we were going to try to get her on the show uh, that she's adorable and everybody loves her. Something. <laughs> yeah, I did say that. I also said that Mary Berg is the next big thing. Yeah, but I don't know. wasn't Wasn't that from your hairdresser or something? Well, yes, it was. But they always know, and it turns out he was right. Mary was recently announced as the host of a new national TV show called "The Good Stuff with Mary Berg." It's uh, it's a daily talk show that will launch on CTV in the fall. Yeah, so she's going to take over the time slot that was taken by Marilyn Dennis. She is a legend. She's still on radio. So that makes Mary the the next next big thing. thing. (laughs) So this is a really exciting time. We're so happy to have Mary here to talk about it. Mary? Come out, come out wherever you are. Hello. Hey, <laughs> hey Mary. Congratulations. How are you? You're not in the kitchen. I I know. I'm in a uh, I'm in there is a kitchen technically over there, but it's not my kitchen. We just wrapped the third season of uh, Mary Makes It Easy, 25 episodes, so I'm sleepy. But we don't actually live in the house while we're filming because production takes up every square inch of my home and property. And it is wonderful, but it's also we just can't sleep there. So we usually stay somewhere else. <laughs> okay. Where to start? You were on the precipice, of, first of all, of being busier than you've ever been in your entire life. Yeah. 
it's um, it's intimidating and terrifying and exciting and pretty much all the things you should feel when you're when you're going into something that you care about. I think I really like working on things that I deeply care about, and I'm I'm very honored and, and lucky that I get to to do that. So diving into this daytime daily show in a slot that is so well known because I mean Marilyn Dennis had that slot for. She, she did daytime television for 34 years and is incredibly intimidating and very exciting. So I'm, I'm just excited to take this next step and this leap and fingers crossed it goes well. I'm going to, I'm going to, am I allowed to say like a, not a swear word, but like a cuss? <laughs> yes, <Okay>. you can. <laughs> We've, you can say whatever you want on this. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm a, I'm a full asser. I'm not a half asser and I'm very excited to full ass this show. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, we had a full asser on the show. We had Marilyn Dennis on the show and we booked you. Like we just thought we just thought you were kind of cool and we booked you and now it's announced that you're like you're going to be in her time slot. You're kind of like the new Marilyn. Also and, and that's a comp. I actually spoke to Marilyn just a couple of days ago and uh, and of course your name came up and she could not be more delighted. So and it's really important to, you know, I've taken over. I've filled big shoes. Uh, before. And I think it really is important to have that passing of the torch, if it will. I mean, you, you're you completely different from Marilyn, but it's, the, it's, it's a lifestyle show at the same time. So there will be comparisons. 100%. And I think with, with Marilyn, I, I was on the Marilyn Dennis show a number of times. Um, I was an expert on that show. And like, as you know, if you, if you know Marilyn, she's like the same person she is both on and off camera. And she's one of the most supportive and like generous people in this industry. And I think that's, it's really saying something because I think it's, it's very easy in this industry as really anybody, but as being a woman or anything like that, a lot of things try to convince you to not be generous. A lot of things try to convince you that everybody's your competition and everything's a competition. And never has Marilyn ever conveyed anything like that. She is so, such a pro and so giving with her information, with her knowledge, with her learned experiences that it just feels like I've got the best kind of person who's luckily still in the building because she's just across the bridge over in the... Yeah, she's doing radio now, right? Exactly. She's just radio. So I can like literally hop, skip and a jump if I, if I need any, any advice or anything. So it's, it's um, really amazing and really exciting. So do you know other stuff like thread counts and like, we know, you know, all about the kitchen, but like, (laughs) no other stuff. (laughs) Yeah. It's like the good stuff or whatever with Mary, Mary Berg. Right. So we know, you know, the kitchen, but beyond the kitchen, like Marilyn knew all this. So are you excited about sheets? Do you know the bedroom, Mary? (laughs) Do you know the thread count? (laughs) Listen, (laughs) I am, I am uh, like a lifelong trier and learner. You talked about my, my schooling and I, I, I basically continued doing school because I just, I liked learning. I didn't have aspirations to go into like information or, or anything like that, but I just always loved learning. And I'm really excited to con- continue that with the good stuff. Cause I think like having people in who are passionate about something, even if I have very little inclination towards it when they first enter is like 
my dream. I love talking to people who are fascinated by something very niche or specific, whether it's gardening or crafting or thread count or how to fold a fitted sheet, which I think eludes every human person. Are you seriously? <laughs> and they're different. Each fitted sheet is different. The thing that makes me so mad is when you buy the sheets and they come perfectly <laughs> folded in that little rectangle cube, and then you try to do it and never, ever again will it be that shape or size. No. No, you can Marie Kondo the hell out of it, and it still it looks like a misshapen loaf of bread. I I hear you. It's one of one of the great mysteries of life, and, and an important one because we all have to fold fitted sheets. Hundred <laughs> percent. But we really want to talk about your glasses. <laughs> we don't. We were planning on doing the whole thing without mentioning the glasses, and then we ended up talking about glasses. And Maureen is like, she's wearing glasses now. I'm wearing glasses. Well, I'm wearing readers. Okay, so it's your it's a trademark. And, and I think that that's cool. I'm, I think that, uh, who was it? Was Sally Jesse Raphael, a talk show host in the 80s? She was known for her red glasses. And Thank uh, you for not comparing me to Dame Edna. I usually feel oh like God. I go, <laughs> 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 which not the worst icon, but yeah. <laughs> no, but it's now become synonymous. Like you've got, you're kind of now with the, your, your hair, your beautiful hair, but the bangs of the glasses. That's your, your, your own avatar. Any regrets? Cause that you're going to be going with this for a while. Honestly, I don't love my forehead. So the bangs are more of a, uh, uh, commit a life commitment for me in general. I tried the no bang thing for a while. Not my, not my best, uh, my best time. And, um, the glasses, that's the only prescription that I have that actually is deemed kind of cool. Like no one thinks it's cool if I bust out my puffer, um, or anything like that. So I'm okay with it. Also, the idea of eye surgery, yeah. good for anybody who wants to get it. Terrifying. Terrifying. No, so I was just going to say the glasses. So I didn't know, like, I'm I'm blind as a bat, and I wasn't diagnosed until I was, like, 12 or 13. And then my mother got me horrible horn room glasses, which at the time were not cool. And uh, so I finally figured out I got contact lenses. But before I did, I had stigmatism, so I couldn't have wear contacts. So when I was in university boys don't make passes at girls. So I would, I would wear my glasses in class and then I would whip them off to walk to my next class. And so that I would not look like a girl with glasses. And as it turns out, there'd be all these cute boys who'd be like, hi, Mo. And I wouldn't see them or acknowledge <laughs> them. So I got this reputation of being a terrible snob. So, uh, so yeah, and then I got contact lenses and then everyone fell down and adored me for the rest of my life. So that's my experience. Honestly, I think it's like a very Clark Kentian dating strategy. Sure. It's well now they're cool. Now I know people who don't need glasses who wear glasses. Oh yeah. There there are a lot of people. There are um both of those things you mentioned. There are some people on the internet who are really convinced that this is a wig and that (laughs) these are fake. Um and neither of those are true. I was born with too much hair, which is not a problem, but if I don't actually style it, it is I kind of look like, um, you know, the girls in the Dilbert cartoons, like all their hair is. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of a look. Very it's geometric, not- but curly. Yes. <laughs> very triangular. It somehow keeps getting bigger. It's on a day like today, humidity out the wazoo, I would be at a loss. I just, I- I've worn glasses since I was about, I think I was in grade one when I got my first pair of glasses, but I always wanted glasses. So I think I might've cheated on that initial optometry exam and then have resigned myself to a life of glasses by ruining my eyes 
by wearing unnecessary glasses. I had Harry Potter glasses before Harry Potter existed and a mushroom cut. So I've been bangs for life. And my mom dressed me in sweater sets and kilts. Very cute now, but all I wanted was like the big flowery couch dresses that little girls wore when oh. I was a kid. So, I have a daughter and uh, she sort of has, she doesn't have as much hair as you, but I I have a large forehead and I like the bangs idea. And so I would cut her hair and, but she had like a mushroom, mushroom cut that just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger because there would like be these strands. And so like, how do you know when to stop? What, because she ended up with like bangs around the back of her head. Oh, that was especially during like peak 2020, 2021, where hair salons weren't really a thing and, and everything like that. I I started looking like a Ramon, like, because <laughs> I didn't go too far. So my bangs kind of were doing like this around my face, which was like not, not the best look, but I... I very rarely will cut my own bangs, but when I do, it's often at the worst possible time. I'll be like, I got to be on TV tomorrow. I've had a glass of wine. Let's cut my bangs. (laughs) (laughs) See, You're going to be in hair and makeup for a good part of your life moving forward. And that's all part of it. Wendy, it's back to school time again. Who's going back to school? Well, all the kids are. I still have one who's headed back to school. Does law school count? If he needs food storage. Oh, you are so right. He does, along with dishes and glasses and a water bottle and a laundry hamper. You should send him to Kitchen Stuff Plus. They're having a back-to-school event. You can get all of that stuff there. You know, I have raised my children to take food storage very seriously. Food storage, really? Yep, because if you store food properly, then lunches are ready-made for the next day. It's grab-and-go. You save time and money. And everybody's happy. Food storage. That's what they should teach in school. To hell with the law. (laughs) You'll find the right lid and so much more at Kitchen Stuff Plus's Back to School event. Kitchen Stuff Plus, Back to School, made easy. The women of ill repute. It is crazy when you think about it that you went went to school and studied IT and was an insurance broker. I mean, that's not the path to what you're going to be doing now or what you are doing now. I don't know if a lot of people realize you came to cooking in a sad way. A bad thing happened. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah. When I was four, I was in a car accident with my family and my, my mom was really injured. My brother got a really bad head injury and my dad passed away. I, it was one of those things that happened, obviously. It shapes who you are, but I've always been someone, I, I like to try to figure out how to help and so pretty early on when I turned about, my mom, my mom is an amazing mom and she can fold a fitted sheet. She is amazing <laughs> <laughs> love, like laundry and, things. and she started her own business and she was an entrepreneur and did so many amazing things. But the thing she hated the most, and I saw it, she hated cooking. And after my dad passed away, I watched the like sigh of relief come over her when neighbors or friends would bring over a literal like laundry baskets of things to put in the freezer, casseroles or prepared things to pop in the fridge to heat up that night, just in the microwave or in the oven. And it kind of clicked in with me that taking something off someone's plate by putting it on to their plate is such a great way to very subtly say that you care about them and to show them that you really want them to have just an okay day. So I really quickly kind of started taking over the kitchen. I think it was about seven when I started kind of really 
getting into there. When I was four, I started doing things like breakfast in bed for my mom, but I wasn't old enough to pour milk yet. So it would be like some water. Um, <laughs> yum, yum, yum. No toaster. Yeah, it was very, it was very bare bones. So you're a little better on MasterChef. I think. <laughs> she can pour milk. <laughs> I think I've learned something or two from them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. I I wish you know. It, so your your mom must be so proud of you. It would be nice if your dad could see you too. <laughs> oh, she's in her PJs right now. So my mom, she she lives with us. We have an in law suite when we're in our normal house. So when we move out, she moves out with us and stuff. But she loves staying in her pajamas very into the day. So yeah. <laughs> and and what? She's earned that right. I, I, when I do, I would be in my pajamas until, you know, dinner time. Yeah. <laughs> but then I would change. As long as you change once in the day, you're fine. Just so you know, I have standards. I have standards. Both my parents are gone now, but they had a fractious marriage and my father and mother were separating all the time. And anyway, I'm the eldest of four to make a long story short. I ended up taking over the kitchen when I was home during the summer. I was from boarding school in the winter. So I have complicated back life. The first thing I learned to make, and I made it every night for an entire summer, was a tuna casserole. Because it's what you always have, right? I love a tuna casserole. Oh, I can tell you right now, it was a can of Campbell's mushroom soup, celery, noodles, and a can of tuna and some mayonnaise, and then grated cheese and crackers on top. Ah, You're welcome. Perfection. <laughs> that is like recipe perfection. Like, don't don't muck with it if it's not broken. Oh my gosh, delicious! So, what was your standard? What was your standard dish when you were younger? When you were first starting out in the kitchen? I mean, I I think I rival you in terms of like pantry grab and go. I did this one thing? Ooh, it was uh, it, it was very it was very I think Weight Watchers friendly thing too because that was a big thing in in that when I was growing up and stuff like that. So it was a chicken breast that you'd sear and then you'd get a bottle of low fat Italian dressing, the no name brand, not the good brand. And then you would just dump it into the pan and let it cook down into a sauce. It actually was delicious, but that was like Italian chicken. That was a multiple nights a week would happen. I loved making crepes, which was very strange. I went through like a serious crepe phase where I would put anything in a crepe and we'd eat it. <laughs> like it's anything. Put it in a crepe and it's going to be good. Hot dogs, right? Yeah. <laughs> hot dogs, right? Delicious. Yeah. <laughs> See, Wendy, even you could do this. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I think my mom had like, she. my mom had like four, she worked full time and she wasn't really into cooking. And so I wasn't into cooking and, you know, raw, raw women don't cook. And, and now it's great. Like women can do whatever the hell they want and uh, they can love their moms and they can love cooking. And, but my mom had like four meals. I think it was Salisbury steak and those frozen fish sticks. And what is that? What is Salisbury steak? It's a, it's a hamburger. It's, it's a hamburger it's, with mushrooms on it. Yeah. It's a hamburger without a bun. It was awful. <laughs> well, I, I don't, I don't cook, but thank God, my my husband likes to do the grocery shopping and the cooking, and he fills up all the melons and everything. So it's you know whatever whatever gets you off. And Maureen is a great cook. Okay, but wait, did your Liam fills up all the melons? He fills them up. Yeah, he goes to the grocery store and he like grabs them. And, oh, and, he fills up the yeah, melons. Yeah, I yeah. Thought he filled them up. 
Yeah, no, he's yeah, it's kind of weird, but uh but yeah, he he really like going to a market for 2 or 3 hours. It, it's like I mean, I look in the fridge and I go, "Oh, peanut butter." And he'll look in the fridge and he'll be, "Oh, there's this." So it's so I'm like you have Mary, you have no formal training, but is it is it a skill? Is it like I think that my husband has like he has a nose. I think there's a certain talent. It's not just learned. Or a gut. You've got something. What is it? What is it you call it, Wendy? It's a wibble. It's a wibble. Yeah. So what is that? Like, is that a... So the wibble is more of a business, like, like it's more of a business thing. But in the kitchen, I think, yes, there are things you can 100% learn. And there's things that some people are just inherently better at than someone, someone else. I have my, one of my best friends, Renee, does not consider herself much of a cook, but anytime she makes anything... She nails it. Like she's Mozart, I'm Salieri. Like I try and she's just like brilliant, off the hop. And I'm like rude, but okay. But I I'm very type A. I like things orderly. I like things done a certain way. And in the kitchen, that's the like one place that that side of my brain shuts off. If I make a bit of a mess, if I drop something, if things don't go exactly how I want them to go, that's the like one area in my life that I don't then want to walk into the lake about. Like I'm just like, okay, this is fine. So I think for me, like the main secret in the kitchen is just letting go because there's really there's only so many things that can go wrong in the kitchen and all of them are remediable. Like all of them you can fix with like a pizza or cereal or peanut butter. Like you, like you can just order something, but pretty much everything else is just kind of trial and error and, and letting go of the exact measurements, especially with regards to cooking, not so much baking, but letting go of exact measurements, letting go of following a recipe to a T just kind of like going with where your gut takes you. That to me is like my main secret in the kitchen. It's just the only place that this shuts off a little bit. And that's what works for me. This is going back to MasterChef, but it could apply to anything really, because you're embarking on a whole new adventure now as well, uh, where you'll have to bring skills that you have to develop to the table, um, literally. Like when you were on MasterChef and you were competing against people who went to culinary school and who have pedigrees. Were you ever criticized? Were you ever intimidated? Were you ever unsure of yourself? Or did you just say, I I got this. I'll brazen it out. Every single time I walked into that kitchen, every single time. So you walk in, it's it's a set. So the back of it's all plywood. And you're like, okay, here we go. And we you go in the doors. And as soon as I'd walk in, I'd be like, I don't even know how to boil water. How's this going to go? Like I, I brain fall out. But to be honest, that's when I do my best work in the kitchen is when my whole brain has just fallen out my butt and I'm, I'm ready to go. So I think just being able to let go in that kitchen was great and being so distracted by the amount of stuff going on, the amount of stuff that goes into a production I was not prepared for and I found it fascinating. So I always felt like there were other things happening, which made me feel like I could kind of fall into the background and just cook. But To be honest, when I started to overthink, when I started to question myself, when I started to try to cook for what I thought other people wanted me to do, whether it was being kind of trendy or listening too hard to what the judge said to someone else's dish and trying to apply that to my own dish, that's when I tripped up. It was when I overanalyzed and overthought things, which to me was like a huge... I was 25 on MasterChef, which is like a baby. And I learned a lot in that kitchen, learned a lot about 
letting go and just letting things happen and letting the chips fall where they may and just try your best. And whatever happens after happens. If you tried your best and you had a good time, it's all good. So I was intimidated for sure, but I tried really hard to just let that, let that fall up by the wayside and just go with the fact that I technically, if you asked me for instructions on how to boil water, I wouldn't be able to give them to you kind of thing. It's remarkable. It really is. It's just like almost savant cooking. Yeah, very much so. And control. I've had anxiety issues all my life. And that's one of the reasons why I like, I like cooking. I, I like being in a kitchen. Yeah. And you suffered from anxiety too. It was a way of, of, of dealing with that. Like I'm in the kitchen, I'm, my, I'm busy, I'm doing stuff. Yeah. You get to make something, you get to, you do still get that level of control, but it's not, I, I find in the kitchen, there's just less things prescribing control. Like, yes, there's a recipe. Yes. There's things you should listen to. And yes, there's like do's and don'ts, but I find in the kitchen, like I'm the boss. And I, I don't question that. And it's like, everything's going to be fine. I've got this under control. And I, I think that's, for me, the reason why I love doing it. And it is definitely a huge anxiety release for me. So you're the boss. I would like you to resolve uh, an issue between my husband, the cook, and me, the eater. I and I, <laughs> I don't know whether it's my mother. It's probably because I spend a lot of time in, uh, in Quebec where butter, butter, hint, hint, butter is a big thing. My husband, I think he thinks he's from somewhere else because it's like olive oil. So what's better, olive oil or butter? (laughs) (laughs) Uh So I love both. I find you can do more things with butter because butter is like, obviously, yes, you can bake with olive oil and things like that. But I love butter because it can melt. You can obviously use it as something to pour other vegetables and toss and cook. Butter does burn quicker. It it burns and olive oil doesn't burn because there's milk fat solids. So if you're using like ghee or clarified butter, that won't burn. So that's great. I think if I were to have to choose one, I would choose butter. Yay! Yay! I'm going to call them right now. (laughs) The structure of butter, like what it does, how it creates that the golden brown, it gives you really nice golden brown because the butter itself actually also turns golden brown. It also creates like, it's a medium that things can be suspended in as opposed to oil, which isn't really. So for baking and stuff, you can get air in it. Yeah. You oh yeah. Really them down with down. Mm-hmm. Boo oil. Boo. <laughs> so Mo, it's uh, back to school time again. It's a lovely time of year for so many parents, but it can also be stressful. School lunch, right? Oh, exactly. You need lunch bags, water bottles, scrambling around to find the right storage containers. Yeah, but you know, some people do it really well. Their kids have bento boxes, cutlery containers, chopsticks. You know, you can get all of that and so much more at Kitchen Stuff Plus's Back to School event. When I went back to school, I think it was just like a paper bag with uh, maybe a stale sandwich in it. Oh, you're so lucky. I just had a raw potato. We all want to make this lovely time as stress-free and cost-effective as possible. So head to Kitchen Stuff Plus to get everything you need. Even chopsticks. There's no raw potatoes, though. Too bad. Kitchen Stuff Plus, back to school made easy. The women of ill repute. You have a lovely husband whom you love. (laughs) As you mentioned him, and there's pictures of him, and he's an engineer or something, isn't he? He's... What does he do? He works in architecture. So he he does, yeah, he's a BIM specialist, building information modeling specialist. Yeah, very. 
Anytime I look at his computer screen, I'm like, I don't understand. I don't understand. No, I, my husband's an engineer and yeah, I don't know what he does. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this is going to be, uh, I mean, you guys have been together for a while. This is, you're, you're, you're going to be swallowed. You know, this by this, this, this machine that's cause you're, it's not just the daily show. You're going to continue with the cooking shows. You're still putting out cookbooks. You finding time to talk to people like us. Are you guys prepared for this? So you, you know, this is your life's going to be a roller coaster even more. So I do. And I, I, I think we are like, I know it doesn't seem like it, I have a really like a, a distinct line between like, I'm very open, I'm very public, everything like that. But then I have a very distinct line and this side over here, the private side is, is really special. And the fact that Aaron, my husband gets to be part of so much of my public life as well, I think really, really helps because he is like inherently part of it, which is great. When we first met, he played in bands, like he toured across the country and he played in band, he's a drummer and did all that stuff. So he kind of had the time where his life was constantly taking him on the road. He also used to work in theater. So he was working crazy hours and everything like that. Whereas I was kind of the steady Eddie. And we did a little bit of a switch when this whole stuff happened. So I think we've kind of had both sides of it and fit, fulfilled both sides of kind of that duality in a relationship. So I think I think we're good. We, we are very good at talking. It's taken years. To get, because he was not much of a talker. You can't, you can't get mad at someone if they don't, if they can't read your mind. No one can, even no matter how well you know someone, no matter how closely you live with someone, they don't know what you're thinking. So I'm pretty open. Like some mornings I'll just wake up and I'll be like, not today. Nope. And you give him a heads up. And then he knows. And then he's not going to question when I'm snarking or whatever. And um, I think that's really kind of key. But he's, uh, he's such a key. Like, I don't want to say rock because like, ugh, like everybody says that, but he, he's really the thing that kind of amazing sounding board, great recipe. Well, he's actually a terrible recipe tester because he just likes everything. He just likes everything. I know. Same. same. Rude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I've been married for 30 years. Maureen's been married for more than that. Almost 38 years. And we're still, yeah, we're still figuring it out. So, yeah, so, so good luck. I mean, I, maybe there are these magic couples that the moment they see each other, everything is, everything is clear and, and, and nothing ever changes. But, but I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, the, the older I am, the more I'm realizing that's not true. So you guys will figure it out. There's one more really, really big thing I need you to solve a family dispute. <laughs> so it's how much when you put alcohol, in something and you're cooking with alcohol, how much alcohol is left? Like, can you get drunk on the alcohol that is in the cookie? You'd have to eat a lot of it. <laughs> and I think the food would counteract the alcohol. Like I think, but when you put alcohol in food, not all of it does evaporate. Not all of it cooks off. Not all of it evaporates. Like alcohol in cooking is interesting because it's, it's because it's alcohol and it, it evaporates. So if you open a bottle of gin and just left it open for eight years, most of the alcohol would evaporate from that. You know what I mean? So when you're cooking with it, the evaporation's happening, but then also the heat cooks off some stuff and burns it off. But there's always going to be a little bit left. I don't think you can get drunk unless you're adding like that vodka to that vodka sauce at the tail end. Well, you have alcohol. We we have a, had a guest on, Stephen Marsh, who used to be on a panel that I was on, and we had alcohol, which was very much against CBC rules that you would ever have alcohol on television. But will you have alcohol? Well, you're a daytime show, so 
<laughs> <What's> so? <laughs> I love a wine. I love white, white for breakfast, rosé for lunch, red for dinner. I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm a chilled. I'm a chilled red. I love chilled I'm, red. A, so like like white. You like like pinots or like a lighter, a lighter chilled thin red. I call them a summer red. Delish. And then in the winter, I love like a thick buttery shard. That's like, it's like wow, yeah, nice. Okay, I got one more question. What are you having for dinner tonight? Gosh, so we're in we're what I call in like apocalypse meal mode um, because we're moving out of this house back into our old house so to stave off having to bring a bunch of groceries home we're just like bare minimum what do we have in the fridge how do we eat this up so raiding the pantry kind of i mean uh, honestly we do have one can of tuna and macaroni meals. so i might try to tuna casserole (laughs) (laughs) don't yeah make sure you get that mushroom soup that that glutinous that's uh, really important that you have that as well gloopy is one of my favorite words in the kitchen some things are just gloopy and it sounds bad but it is but, oh, but they mm-hmm. absolutely mary i don't have the details on uh good stuff with uh, mary berg when does it start so we're actually we're going into pre-production's already happening now going into rehearsals in august it'll be premiering in september all right because everything will be coming up mary it'll be, uh, be mary berg month that's amazing. I know. And then in October, my next cookbook's coming out. And also in September, I think in September, Mary Makes Easy third season that we just wrapped is coming out. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a busy fall. So all the books sound easy, but but your life is going to be very very full. So I'm 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 glad that you that you think you have limits. We'll we'll see, <laughs> we'll see, and we're re- really glad you found the time to talk to us. Um, you are adorable, and everybody does love you, and you are the next big thing, whether you realize it or not. So congratulations! Thank you so much. I, I love working hard on the things that I do, and I'm I'm thrilled. And I know the daily show is daily, but hours are slightly less than Mary makes it easy is like 4am to 730pm. So I feel like I got I, I just did three months of that. So I'm like, okay, I can sleep in a little, which is kind of nice. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see, see how easy Mary makes it. <laughs> We've loved talking to you, Mary. So we're going to let you go. But uh, all the best. It's going to be it's going to be wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so, so much. I, I really had a great time. You both are just lovely. I'm excited that I got to solve the butter olive oil debate. And- <laughs> I'm going to call him right now. Yeah, let him know. He'll be like, I hate that Mary Berg. <laughs> and he'll be the only one. Well, what did I tell you? She's the next big thing. She's adorable and everybody <laughs> loves her. <laughs> she's the next big. Yeah, you can see why. You can see absolutely why she's going to be hugely successful. I would be shocked if she was. Yeah. Well, and, and it sounds like she's got, she's got, she's building the kitchen. She's got a supportive husband. She's, uh, she loves what she's doing. So it all sounds great and it probably will be great. I'm sure it'll be a lot harder work than, than she thinks. Or, or maybe she's one of those people that can just, you know, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to show up and I'm going to do it. So either way, I'm sure she'll be fine. Yeah, I'm sure she will. There was the busiest time in my life and I was doing mornings at CKFM Mix 99.9. I was doing mornings. I was doing I was doing showbiz on a show called Entertainment Tonight. And then I got a comedy show called The Dish Show. And I was doing all three at once. And so the day would start at four in the morning and sometimes we would go to 11 at night. And it was the most fun I ever had. 
The same thing when I was in Ottawa and for a few years afterwards, I worked six or seven days a week and I kind of thought that was normal. And then I had kids, well, a kid, <laughs> a kid known as kids, and life changes a little bit because it's so all consuming. But, uh, but yeah. Did I mention I had a kid too? I always had a kid. Kids. You had two. <laughs> no, I hadn't, I hadn't had Ronan. This was, um, this was in 1992 to, uh, to put a fine point on it. But yeah, I was never. Busy, you know what they say when you want to get something done, give it to a busy person because they just they get it done. And there's a certain momentum that I think Mary Berg has that is carrying her through. And you know, also being delightful and and uh, funny and breezy and makes it easy. So good for her. Yeah, and she's got great glasses, and they're in now. You should bring back those horn rims. <laughs> but boys don't make passes at girls who make. Isn't it seldom? Seldom. Seldom, seldom make that. All right. I guess, in a while. I guess I got time for the odd pass. <laughs> Women of Ill Repute was written and produced by Maureen Holloway and Wendy Mesley with the help from the team at the Sound Off Media Company and producer Yet Belgraver. 